Good morning, everyone, and welcome <clears throat> to another day trip with Kim. It is October 10th, 2021. 31 years ago, I gave birth to my daughter at 9.15 in the morning, meaning she currently is not even an hour old. 31 years ago. It's always weird. <clears throat> Excuse me. It is always weird to uh, think about that night because I can remember what I ate 31 years ago. Um, pork chops. Really weird. I can remember pork chops and probably stuffing. I kind of had the same meals back then, but I ate pork chops. And just weird, like like in your brain, how you just remember things. I remember um, I was watching some horrible movie with some ladies in jail when I started having contractions in the middle of the night. I was up watching television. And then I remember it kind of being cool. We got to the doc the hospital um, pretty early. I don't know, maybe like around 1 o'clock in the morning um, and got checked in. Got to the room and they were, you know, do running all the tests and stuff. And there were a couple things that happened at that point when those contractions were happening. I thought to myself, I am never doing this again. I do, I'm very high pain tolerance and I could not handle that. But I um, was doing the contractions and then they, I was not doing an epidural because when we did the Lamaze class, she was like, there's a 1% chance that, you know, you could, you know, never walk again. And I just thought to myself, eh, I'm going to take the risk. I would rather walk. So they gave me what they call Stadol and they got really bad. But what I remember from that night is my contractions were going, everything was going fine. Then they called a doc, one of the doctors, and I think his, his name was Vandegard at the time, Dr. Vandegard, I believe. And they called him older doctor and was telling him what's going on. And he said it was false labor and send me home. And I can remember the nurse coming in and saying, the doctor says that we should send you home because he believes it's false labor. And I said, um, it is literally my due date. I was supposed to give birth on October 10th, October 9th or 10th, and I'm not leaving here without a baby. And she said, if you just wait one hour, then, then he goes off of call and another doctor will come on and we'll just wait for that. So let's just kind of take it slow. Let's go for a walk down the hall. So I got up and I did a walk from the hall and then I went into the bathroom and threw up and got back in bed and my water broke. So that doctor was literally just going to send me home because I, and he wasn't even there. He was like, they called him, which made no sense to me. I personally was like, nope, not leaving here without a baby. So, you know, I could have, I could have I, I seen if it was like September, maybe, but it was literally my due date and, and we're going to go ahead and have a baby. So, um, we, I had the baby, everything went fine. And at that time, you got, um, I had my own room. And then before you went home, you were there for like two days or so. Um, you got a steak dinner. So my, my ex-husband, my Chelsea's dad at the time, right before you go, they do this little candlelight thing, which was so cute. They give you little flutes with like things on it from the hospital or something. And you get champagne or wine or something bubbly. 
and a steak dinner, which, by the way, wasn't anything to write home about, but I still thought it was kind of cute celebrating the mom and dad and their baby. Uh, so yeah, and I didn't go back to work after Chelsea. I quit my job and I was going to do home daycare, check my first daycare child when Chelsea was three weeks old because, um, I worked with her dad at where I was working before when I quit and they had a baby the same time and the mom didn't have that much time at work. I always apologize if you hear the little that's my text message going off and I'm recording this on my phone. So I do apologize for that. But anyway, Sarah's, um, Sarah was my first daycare child and, uh, I started taking care of her really soon, just the two of them. And then it grew to Christopher, who I also worked with. So we were all pregnant at my office at the same time. I worked with the dads though. And so I took them on and then life and daycare went on, but. Reflecting back at my daughter, she was such a good kid. Uh, she really never cried. She always took naps. One of the things that I did with Chelsea was I never let her fall asleep in my arms. I never rocked her to sleep. I would rock her and we would talk. And then I would say, it's time to go to bed. And then I would put her to bed and she always fell asleep on her own. I was, I was very adamant that I did not want a child that required my attention to go to sleep because I just, in my brain, I'm not, I am not Mr. Spock or whatever. This is, this is me raising my child. And my daughter never had to be rocked. When I said bedtime, my daughter went to bed. Um, the, one of the cute things that she did was, when she got sick, and we're, I'm talking at the age of two or three, I mean, she was young. When she would get sick, the first time she got sick, you know, in the middle of the night, I got up with her, you know, she was kind of whining. I got up with her and I took her to the bathroom and, you know, put her in front of the toilet and she threw up. She was so little, she threw up in the toilet. And then the second time she had a stomach, something wrong with her stomach and Chelsea wasn't sick very often, but sometimes you just eat something that's wrong. I got up the next morning and she had gotten up by herself and she threw up and it was just all over the toilet because she was so little. So I told her, I said, if you ever do that in the middle of the night, just throw up in the tub because that way you got a bigger hole and it's not going to get all over the floor. And from then on, I never, I never knew that she woke up and got sick in the middle of the night unless it was really, really bad. But I would wake up in the morning and there she would have thrown up in the, in the bathtub. I mean, all the way up until like when she was in school. And finally I was like, you're old enough now. You need to throw up in the tub. Like then you were a child. Now you're older. So that's always kind of a cute story um, with Miss Chelsea. She is always been an artist. They did the animated alphabet in kindergarten, which I think probably started her artistic career. And she, I remember in kindergarten, she got in trouble one time and she came home and she was so upset because she got a bad grade on the paper. And so I went in and talked to her teacher and the teacher said, well, that's because she doesn't follow the assignment. She doesn't go, she doesn't do what I said. And I said, what do you mean? And so she pulls out the paper and they were supposed to draw a tree with something on it. Well, Chelsea drew the tree and then she drew the background with the sun and some animals and evidently that wasn't following directions. Well, the bad thing about it is that she's creative 
And her, she sees a picture. So she doesn't just see a plain tree. She sees the landscape. So I told the teacher, I said, all right, so you're punishing a child for being creative, which is, which is not a good thing. How about we do this? How about we make an agreement with her that she does your assignment on the front of the page? And when she gets it done, she can flip it over and redo her what's in her brain on the back part of the page. And the teacher agreed to that. So I told Chelsea, the front page has to look like everybody else, but then you can flip it over and you may use the back of the page to draw what's in your head. And that worked out really well uh, because creative people need an outlet. And a lot of times we stifle them with these rules that we think should apply to all children. And, and as we've been in 2020, we realize that you cannot put everybody under one, under one roof and think that they're all the same, that they're not. So, um, the second thing that was funny, I think it was second grade and she never was sick from school. And for like three Fridays in a row, she didn't want to go to school. And on the third Friday, she woke up and she was didn't want to go to school. And I thought, there's something going on here. So I go up to the school and I talk to the teacher. And I'm saying, what is going on on Fridays that my daughter doesn't want to come to school? Because, you know, the first two, I let her stay home because she's never sick and she never said she was sick. Well, comes to find out that four Fridays before, she had missed a spelling word on her spelling test. And she was devastated because she's a perfectionist. And so she just felt in her brain that if she never went back to school on a Friday, she wouldn't have to take that spelling test. Crazy, right? Little tiny things make big, big, big changes in people's lives. And I know that I have the exact same problem. I hate making a mistake. I hate when I do something stupid. I I, I kill myself for it. And I am working through it as an adult. But yeah, I, I could see where she thought maybe, you know, um, not going back to school on a Friday. She's not going to not miss her words. Anyway, very proud of her. Chelsea went to play the flute, went into band and uh was in the marching band she did theater i always thought she should she had anxiety problems and so the first time she tried out for theater her anxiety got the best of her and she just she she was just so afraid of not getting the part that she didn't even get a good audition in and um oh let's go back in when my daughter was in eighth grade uh that they, they came back and said that the 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 teacher that normally would do the play with the music teacher was having a lot of um problems with his health and so he was not going to be able to do the play and so they let all the kids know my daughter came home crying crying because every other eighth grader got to do the play and you you know when you're in eighth grade you get to be the lead of the play or you know like it's, it's over there's no more musical well Mama Kim, not going to happen. I'm a very, very big advocate for, you know, if kids, if, if kids need something and they're not going to be able to do it at the school, parents can help. And I was a substitute teacher up there. I also have volunteered a lot. I was PTO and I, um, what I worked in the office whenever the secretaries were gone. So I told them, I said, let's pick a show, find me some teachers that have never done this before, but that would like to do it. 
I will teach them. By the way, I've never done a play before, but I've seen quite a few of them, and I'm a theatrical family, and I'm also bossy, so I figured I could do it. I'm very organized as well. So we found two teachers that wanted that that said they would sponsor the play. I found my friend Jeff Crady, um, a young gentleman, so cute, to be my music director volunteer basis and we put on the best oh, my brother was light and sound uh we put on the best little flapper you could ever put ever on we had auditions i picked out the kids and i choreographed i i choreographed things the other teacher choreographed things i did the entire schedule of how everything was going to work out how the play was going to happen don't even know if it's the real way to do it but without any help of anybody with with experience we kicked ass on that play. It was so much fun. So when my daughter got into high school and she failed her freshman year, she'd kind of given up and just went to backstage. And she was perfectly content being backstage, but her senior year, she tried out for Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and they all were blown away because by that time she had more experience and and she was fine. She didn't get that lead part. Um, which she would have been fantastic at, and, and but she did get a solo part. So I was so proud of her for that. She was the first person in our family, my immediate family, and we're just a small family, to start college and finish it without stopping and having a child, because that's what I did. Christopher stopped and had a baby restaurant, and then he went back and, and graduated. And Frank, it's just not in his genes to go to school. He hates school. Very smart, hate school. But Chris, uh, Christopher and I, we both actually graduated. Um, I graduated in 2000, and he graduated a little after that. We actually had classes together, which I thought was kind of cute. My daughter um, was always smart, um, usually got A's, um, a couple B's, very nice grade point average. She went off to college, Washington University. She graduated with a BFA in graphic design. She is such a talented person. It saddens me to know that the employers out there are not getting to use her, her creativity. They're losing out, but you know, there's a lot of them out there and I'm not, this is not coming from mom. This is coming from her clients and people that we know. She's very talented. She can do whatever she wants. There were some, there was some hiccups her freshman year in college. She was pre-med and due to a teacher, a, like a, not an actual teacher, but a, an adjunct or whatever teacher, um, basically convinced her not to do science. And it was very sad for me because I thought she would go out and, you know, follow the, her dreams of that. But as a mother, I told her, you do whatever you want to do. And so she came down to graphic design. Now my daughter is married and has two cats and I could not be more proud of her. So this is my daughter's birthday today. 31 years old. I don't know how that's happened because I'm only 40 myself. 35. No. Yeah, 35. I'm 35 myself. She's catching up with me. You have to go listen to my other podcast about what's your mental age. My mental age is 35. She's 31. She's catching up with me. So you guys... Cherish your children, be proud of them, whatever they decide they want to do or want them want to be. You know, my daughter came home one day in middle school and she said, Mom, I might be a lesbian. And I said, okay. And she said, I just don't know. And I said, okay, well, I mean, love who you want to love. And she wasn't a lesbian. 
my daughter made mistakes. My daughter was, my daughter was a rule, uh, follower. And I always gave her the option to make the decisions to suffer consequences. If those decisions were bad, I would explain the consequences. And if you can get away with it, then do it. It's kind of like shoplifting. I mean, there's consequences to shoplifting. You get away with it. Great. But if you shoplift and get caught, you have to follow, you have to deal with the consequences. Although my daughter never wanted to shoplift because she's totally against that. She's a rule follower. Uh, there were a couple times in her life that she wanted to not go for the rules. And we, we talked about the consequences and nine times out of 10, she chose to follow the rules because those rules were there for a reason. I'm proud and I love my daughter unconditionally. At one point I was always, I was always right with her and now I'm never right. And I am excited about that because that means she is a thinker. She thinks on her own. She might not be right all the time, <laughs> but she thinks on her own. And that makes me proud. And she is doing so good. I'm so proud of her. So happy 31st birthday to an amazing daughter. And to all those other people out there celebrating your birthday in Kimtober, don't let my birthday month outshine you. Come up with your own stuff. Celebrate you. Love you. And just know that there are people out there like me that love you for who you are and will never want you to change. Keep taking all of your adventures and I'm going to talk to you soon. Bye-bye.